Welcome everyone to another episode of What They Aren't Telling You. It is nice to be back and continuing this trend on discussions for growth and healing and bettering of ourselves because as you will see in today's topic, which is my message for freedom advocates, as you will see We are not immune to breaking down ourselves. And as I found out over this last year, things take a toll and energy takes a toll and fighting takes a toll and constantly advocating and being an activist takes a toll. And especially in this day and age, we are seeing that start to show up. And so this is my message for all of you. If you're listening to this, then you are a freedom activist or advocate. Um, You're somebody who either fights for medical freedom, informed consent, um, or you're somebody who simply fights for personal freedoms, or you're all of the above. And this message is going to be for you. Do not skip this one. So a couple weeks ago, I was asked to speak at a freedom rally, and this is the first time that I spoke at something since all of this happened. Now, this event was put on by Billy DeMoss at DeMoss Chiropractic, and Billy is great. He puts on this amazing event every year called Cal Jam, and interestingly, there seems to be a little bit of a split between chiropractors. Uh, Something that has shown up over the last couple years, though it has been there before all of this, and I've heard this from many um, chiropractors, as I know so many of them, and I've seen so many of them over this last year. The split between the two camps is, one of the camps is natural immunity, natural healing, and, you know, kind of stay away from pharmaceutical products as much as possible. And the other camp is we are mainstream. I'm going to help align your body, but also we believe in Western medicine and medical interventions, including vaccines or medications. The reason it's interesting that there are two camps, of course, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But the reason it's interesting is because the origin of chiropractic care was really based on the philosophy of self-healing and natural healing and the body's ability to protect and remedy itself, i.e. without the need for medical interventions. And being the origin of this particular science, You know, it's interesting to see a split that goes away from the philosophy. And um, Dr. Brett Jones talked about this a little bit on our last episode where I interviewed him. He talked about the origins of this philosophy. And it's really interesting. And I'm going to do some uh, research on my own on that because I'm really curious as the founding of this particular modality, what was behind it? What was the intention 
And what were the original avenues in which healing was to take place and the chiropractor, the doctor of chiropractic, would be there to facilitate this process? So I'm kind of interested uh, in that. And I'm sure there are several chiropractors listening. So um, I, I hopefully you are in the camp that is really more of a proponent of self-healing. And the reason that that's important is one, that's what the origin of chiropractic care started out as anyway. But two, we are in a time of history where the result of our chronic survival stress that we are living in is turning into things like burnout, otherwise known as nervous system dysregulation, crashes, nervous breakdowns, mysterious symptoms as a result, etc. And that is happening to very naturally minded healthy people. So naturally minded healthy people don't typically have an MD that they go to. They don't typically go to a traditional medical doctor. They typically go to a naturopath or a functional chiro as their main source of medical care. So understanding the body's ability to self-heal is crucial if you are a facilitator of healing with those who are natural-minded. And I'll get into a little bit more of this as we go along. So I know Billy from back in 2015 when I first started doing vaccine education town halls. Me and a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Sherry Papa, who's also a chiropractor herself, and she has now moved to Tennessee, but her and I started doing these educational back and forth PowerPoint presentations to help people understand legislation that was coming down the pipe and what it meant and the actual facts behind whether or not there really is a crisis that would warrant these types of things, et cetera. And... Those were really successful. Typically, we there was standing room only when we would do these town halls because parents and people wanted to get this information and they wanted it kind of broken down by people who understood, but also like-minded people who were not dealing with the political side of this. So they just wanted facts. They just wanted information. And then many of the parents that were clients of chiropractors or many of the chiropractors and their families would come because this was going to affect them. This was a group of people that believed that personal choice and parental rights were crucial to the way in which we conduct our life and that the government should not be intervening to have control over our medical decisions. And like anybody understands, most of these medical decisions need to be customizable, which means you can't have a blanket, just say yes to this particular intervention schedule. In this case, the CDC vaccine schedule, which is 49 doses, now 50 doses by the time a child is uh, five years old, and 70 doses now by the time they are 18. Well, let's say you want to skip out on the rotavirus series, or let's say you want to skip out on a particular vaccine that you're like, hey, I don't need, my kitty already had this, or I don't need this particular one, or I don't want to do three doses, let's just do two doses, whatever it is. As you choose your pathway with whoever your trusted practitioner is, you should have the right to individualize your program and individualize the programs for your kids. 
each body is different, each body reacts differently, and there's a little thing called family history. We've got things like genetic susceptibility that make it so you should be able to move the pegs left and right on whichever one that you want or don't want or whatever because it's medicine and because it goes into the body, it creates um, an actual response in the system. There should be no all or nothing when it comes to this. So when you do have legislation that comes and gets introduced in your state, what they're saying is you have to comply, you have to do all or nothing. If you don't do all of them, even though it's completely reasonable to, like I said, customize the situation. But if you do not do all of them, then you would be requiring a personal belief exemption or a religious exemption, which allows you to opt out of particular doses or all of them or however that works for you. But as we saw in 2015, all these states started taking away the right for people to be able to customize this. And they were taking away basic parental rights as well, because what they said was, if you do not comply, your child does not have a right to an education. So as you can imagine, the room was filled with parents who educated, high-level, conscientious parents who maybe had already customized or had planned on customizing their program and realized this was going to take away their right to be that informed citizen. Because I'm sorry, there are probably almost no cases that it would be necessary to actually have all of the doses of the CDC schedule for the safety and welfare of your child. Meaning, if you skipped three doses of rotavirus vaccine, your child's not going to die, right? There are so many doses and there are so many things on there that do not equal fatality or certain death if you opt out of them. Most people, most children, would be easily able to customize that schedule, including opting out completely and still maintain healthy childhoods and still be able to have strength and vitality in their system and not be, you know, quote, responsible for spreading all these communicable diseases. The way in which they've made this argument um, presented to the mainstream and utilized with the media gives a sort, a sort of social pressure to the decision to vaccinate your child instead of it being a decision of necessity. When it comes to medicine, the question should be answered based on is this necessary, not is it available. You see the difference with that? It's like, sure, this person patented this and invented this one particular vaccine. Awesome. People should be able to choose that if they want to. But just because it's there does not mean an entire generation of kids should be forced to have it, especially when we're talking about illnesses that are not deadly and illnesses that are not going to be stopped by the use of universal vaccination. So this was kind of my 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. Before COVID happened, this is really where all of my attention and focus went in discussing and fighting for the right for parents to have choices when it came to their children and what was safest for these children. Remember, we're talking about very educated, conscientious parents who've done the research. Okay, we're not talking about people who just blindly decide like, nah, I think I'll skip it. We're talking about people who've done the research. Maybe one child already had vaccine reactions. Maybe a close family member did. Maybe they did when they were children. 
There are genetic susceptibilities, like I mentioned, and really this should be a no-brainer that you should really be able to uh, protect your child by making choices that fit their needs. Again, is it necessary or is it available? So that's where I met Billy originally and haven't seen him much over, you know, since COVID happened. Um, He had reached out to me last year sometime, unaware of kind of what was happening to me physically and having my little nervous system crash. And uh, he said, you know, do you want to speak at this event? And honestly, I remember at that time, like, there's no way I can get on a stage. There's no way I can talk to people. There's no way I can be in a room full of that many people. My nervous system was so sensitive. And I didn't know if I was honestly ever going to be able to do it again. I was really, really knee deep in the worst part of all of this. And I did not want to commit to something and put pressure on myself when I just was not in the headspace to handle that responsibility. So fast forward to the beginning of this year, 2023, and Dr. Bob and I were both contacted to do a segment on his on his talk, the, the Freedom Rally talk. And, you know, it's interesting because all my other speeches, all my other talks are all about data, statistics. Often the, you know, the very first several episodes of this podcast were all about data and statistics relating to COVID and the situation that we were dealing with back in 2020. And I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Do I want to say the same thing that I always say? Do I want to rehash some things? Do I want to kind of do a see we were right three years later? It's all true. I mean, or or did people in the audience already know this? And if so, what would be a message that was authentic and a message that would have purpose? I couldn't help but think about what had happened to me over this last year as somebody who was so healthy, so holistic, so natural, everything like that. And yet it was like my body collapsed in all these different ways, but in ways that never showed up on the test, right? Because for the most part, all the traditional testing and scans were all fine. So when I chose to do my portion of this talk, I thought about these freedom advocates and activists that I have been working with side by side over these last eight years. And I thought about people like me who had invested so much, put in so much. And I thought about those who already have started to tip over and have had a series of unexplained symptoms for the last couple of years or a year. And I thought about all the people that had reached out to me over this last year saying that they're going through something similar and it's like I'm describing their situation. And I thought about all the people who have yet to tip, but it's coming. And I realized I need this message to get out to, not to warn so much, but to make people aware of what can happen if you're not careful, especially in this particular fight. So at the beginning of the talk, I wanted to know how many practitioners, mostly the audience could be chiropractors and also freedom fighters, uh, how many chiropractors had seen an uptick over the last three years in mysterious symptoms, specifically things like vertigo, POTS, neurological issues, MCAS, 
histamine response, autoimmune issues. But the key word here is mysterious because for people in this category, they've already gone to the doctors, they've gone to the ER, they've had MRIs, CAT scans, blood work, EKGs, they've been looked at by specialists. And the conclusion is that there's nothing here on the test that lead us to any diagnosis of what's wrong with you. So I asked the practitioners in the room and every single one of the ones that were there kept their hand up when we talked about these mysterious symptoms. I asked about whether or not they're seeing more patients burnout. Now in this context, burnout is not, oh, I'm just getting bored with my job or I'm just getting, I'm over it. That's what we use kind of in society to talk about. I'm burned out. It's just like I've done too much of this thing. Burnout in the context that I'm talking about is more of a nervous system dysregulation word, terminology, to discuss a pretty significant crash of the body. And what comes with that is pretty significant physical symptoms. Now, this is what makes it hard is that the physical symptoms can look totally different from person to person and the cause can be the same. Nervous system dysregulation is going to tip and get to your weakest link. So for you, if that's heart, then that's what it's going to be. If it is vestibular, like a lot of my early symptoms when I first talked about this, then that's what it's going to be. If it is related to ovaries and reproductive system, then that's where it's going to be. And there are going to be these flare-ups, flare-ups of symptoms and constant symptomology. It could be migraines, could be headaches. Uh, could be allergic responses to food. It could be digestion in general. Could be rashes on the skin and hives and all sorts of stuff. So the biggest connective tissue between these symptoms is more people who feel a sense of being off. They are just not like they used to be. They feel different than their regular self. Something feels off. It's oftentimes really hard to describe because all these symptoms are mysterious and kind of weird and they change sometimes and they vary. And every couple of weeks there's something new that pops up and Um, And also they're invisible most of the time. These are things inside the body that nobody can really see. So people look fine, but on the inside, they have no idea what they're dealing with. And then the other element is this brings a lot of that mental and emotional component to this. Like I talked about when I broke down the two episodes of what was going on with me at, at that time, I probably could redo that and have a different, slightly different understanding of it now, but it is not just physical symptoms. We're talking about the mental and emotional response to chronic illness, chronic pain, chronic dysregulation, and not being able to fix this, not being able to just take a supplement or go see somebody and it just be remedied right away. These types of injuries or this type of dysregulation and illness and pain and and the chronic aspect of it does not go away quickly. The reason it doesn't go away quickly is because In order to be in a state of nervous system dysregulation where you have hit burnout or a crash, you've chronically been in dysregulation for so long. So this is living in a state of survival stress for so long that your body finally couldn't take anymore. But oftentimes, here's the, you know, the the tricky part is for most of us, we don't notice it. 
We're living in chronic stress, but we don't notice it. Yeah, sure, some days you get frustrated. Yeah, some days you're tired. But I'm talking about the day in, day out, living in your sympathetic fight or flight, and it is so comfortable for you to be there because you've done it for so long that you don't recognize that something's about to go wrong. And this is why I'm giving this message as sort of like a warning to people because I don't want people to have to go through what I've gone through over the last 10, 11 months in order to have clarity. I want, I mean, just like with the vaccine debate, my goal was always to educate people so their child didn't have to go through what my child went through. Same thing here. Now, I've gone through something pretty significant, and I'm not out of it yet. I'm still dealing with very symptomatic days. Oftentimes, there's something happening every single day. As some days, it's a lot of things happening on certain days. And it's been you know, a nightmare, if I'm honest, about the entire process. It's been devastating on many levels for me personally. It's also brought you know, some amazing awareness shifts and... I've learned a ton that I plan on sharing because I know other people are in this situation. Now, if you can get all this knowledge before having to suffer and hit rock bottom, then yay, like I've done my job and I can help somebody be in a better place and protect their body from completely tipping over and going offline. Because I will tell you, it is not pretty when it happens. And unfortunately, it is not going to be something that comes back quickly. It takes months and years to come back. So if I can, in this information over the next several episodes, if I can help you recognize some of these signs and implement some changes in your day-to-day approach to engaging with and interacting with life and those around you, in a way that helps to settle, calm, and recalibrate your nervous system so that you can still be involved in advocacy or activism. You can still have access to all this information. You can still show up to fight back against some of these things when our freedoms are being threatened. And you can do so without a risk of completely having a nervous system breakdown. Then this message is going to be for you and it will literally could actually save your life or several years of it and change the quality of your life. So all the practitioners agreed. They're seeing mysterious symptoms. They're seeing a lot of that now. And one of the big things that they're seeing is adrenal fatigue. Now, this is something every single chiropractor can say that they see. And the reason they know that is because people are not holding their adjustments. The ones that are not holding their adjustments have severe adrenal fatigue. Adrenal fatigue comes from just day-to-day life, like living in a stressful way, living in a high-strung way, living in a I-need-to-control-everything way, um, being really, you know, being really aware of everybody's thoughts about you or judgments about you or feeling like you're graded going through life and everything is a battle or a challenge or is subject to somebody's opinion about whether or not you're doing well or not doing well. Those kind of qualities, as you go through life and you get more tense and tighter and tighter and more 
constricted in your energy, you're going to be utilizing stress hormones as a result. And adrenal fatigue is a natural consequence of that living in chronic stress. Why is adrenal fatigue a problem? Can't you just take a supplement? No, unfortunately, adrenal fatigue leads to all sorts of other hormone imbalances. And oftentimes, it is connected to big organ systems and where they are also becoming stagnant. So taking a supplement is a very slow, super slow, super slow process to remedying that situation if you have other things going on the body, which everybody does. That could be also including, by the way, environmental toxins and mycotoxins and other things that our body's working to eliminate and keep ourselves in a state of balance. So I asked these practitioners in the room, what is the cause of all of these mysterious symptoms? What's the cause? Why are we seeing people with nervous system dysregulation like never before? Why are the numbers of adrenal fatigue skyrocketing? Well, I talked about a little bit of it living in this chronic stress, but is it because we have this you know, really busy lifestyle? Is it because we have careers that are just focused on doing more, uh, working longer hours, producing more, because the more you produce, the more valuable you are. Is that part of it? And does it have something to do with the fact that we as a society are in a state of masculine energy dominance? I'm going to go into a whole episode on this, maybe more than one, and hopefully we'll have somebody, an expert in this field to interview because this is super fascinating and it relates directly to healing. So one of the things Dr. Brett Jones said when I was there in Arizona uh, seeking treatment was you cannot be in a state of masculine energy and also be the recipient of healing because it is the feminine part of each of us that includes men too. It is the feminine part of us in our, in our yin to our yang, right? The, the yang being the masculine, the yin being the feminine. That yin energy, the feminine energy, is the one that really ties into the intuition. It is the one that is receiving of healing. It is the one that looks inward to find the answers instead of outward. But what happens is oftentimes, and again, I'm going to do a whole episode on this because if you're a successful woman or you're married to a successful woman, you're going to want to hear this. This is really important. But if you are living in an achievement-oriented production state, you're one of these people who's a go-getter, you're really successful at your job, and you um, you know, can will things to happen, you're always taking action, you will not accept not knowing something. You'll find a way to know. You tend to use control as a coping mechanism to make sure nothing goes out of order. If you're in that state and you've lived that way, could be for decades actually, you're in a state of masculine energy dominance and you're looking externally for solutions when things go wrong. You're, you're not going inside. You're looking outside. Who can help me? Who can fix me? You also see healing as more of a linear way. Like I want to just get better a little every day and all of a sudden, poof, I'm better. Where the feminine recognizes that there is an ebb and flow to all things and a rhythm to things. So the masculine feminine conversation is way bigger than relationships and it goes really deeply into healing. 
But as a society, we're very left-brained. We are very like production, doing more hours. You've got to make more money. That focus is really placing a lot of people at risk. You know, everybody is super caffeinated just to get through the hours that they need to do to produce more, to feel more valuable. And because that's the only thing that we have, according to the society, it's not about who you are. It's about what you do. In that masculine dominant state, we're overthinking, overdoing, overpushing, and there is not enough, and there is not enough aligning. There's not enough intuition, and there is not enough connection. There's also not enough of that understanding of our ability to self-heal. So I asked the audience, do you think that COVID played a role over these last couple of years in why we're seeing so many mysterious symptoms and neurological issues and these nervous system breakdowns and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's there's no doubt. And the answer to that particular question is so multidimensional because we're looking at people that have gotten a vaccine and how that's altered their system and possibly made their system create symptoms. We're looking at people who have been surrounded by those who have been vaccinated. There's still like a lot of questions on that. We're looking at those who have had the illness itself, maybe more than once. And reminder that those who have been vaccinated are actually more likely to actually get the illness. So that doesn't negate that. So having the illness in the body, the illness being something that I've talked about before, not so natural, not so traditional, possibly manipulated in a way that our bodies don't recognize. And that is why it's causing all these issues. You hear a lot of people talk about long COVID, but what if it's really the exposure to COVID that's triggering these dormant genetic susceptibilities or it's triggering the body to sort of attack itself or to go offline and really disturb the nervous system, right? So COVID has played a role physically when we look at it like that, but also it's played a role mentally and emotionally. And I was just talking about this with some friends the other day because it doesn't matter if you didn't buy into all the hysteria because I didn't. I wasn't fearful of COVID. I wasn't afraid to go out of my house. I didn't think that we were all going to die and, and, you know, this was super serious and changed my life because I no longer have comfort you know, existing in the world, I feel totally fine existing in the world and trusting that my body can handle these things. But there's another element to this. And uh, I talked about it a little bit on our new video series. Dr. Bob and I have a new video series uh, for the vaccine conversation. You know, I get you guys messaging me all the time, like, are you guys still recording? Like, I haven't seen any new episodes. And yes, we've not had new audio podcast episodes, but... If you have not gone over to website, thevaccineconversation.com, you're missing out on an entire series, hours and hours of footage that we have, three separate series, multiple videos, multiple topics, where it's a video podcast format instead of audio. And it's like $10 a year, I think, to be to subscribe, which just goes right to our nonprofit and you get access to the video. So we just recorded a new series. And in that series, I talk a little bit about how COVID minus believing the hysteria still created huge changes for us as citizens in this world. 
the way in which we moved through the world was altered greatly. So whether or not you believed in the danger of the virus, our normal state of existing and predictability and what to count on and what we thought the future looked like and how we thought the government worked and what we thought we could do between moving between states and countries and all those types of things shifted so drastically. The most drastic shift that we've seen, you know, in multiple decades, possibly ever, just because this was a global connected effort, which we've not seen that before, that kind of stress. And that's exactly what it is, because it is a lack of safety. Again, not safety because you you fear the illness. Safety in your ability to predict your environment and what life looks like. We lost security. Many people lost security in the government that they trusted, medical experts that they trusted. They lost security with family members when there was, you know, infighting based on different belief systems around all this. A lot of the ground started to shake under the feet of most people. And that takes a toll, right? We're talking about a huge mental transition, emotional mental transition. So yes, COVID has played a role, no doubt, in many different ways in why we're seeing these symptoms pop up. I mean, people were making decisions about, am I going to have a job? Am I going to be able to pay for my house? Are my kids going to be able to go to school? Do we need to move as a family? Like these are huge, big changes that everybody had to contemplate. Many people had to act upon. And um, all those big changes are stressful, right? You add to that the fear culture that comes when there is something like this based on the media. And for many people, it just immediately started showing up in some types of symptoms. So statistically, there was a two to three fold increase in antidepressant use since COVID started. And these are studies that were based out of the US and the UK. And I noticed that When I walk through grocery stores, natural markets, anywhere these days, there are entire end caps that are designated for stress support and sleep support. Never before have I seen that. Entire end caps. You need help sleeping? You need help with your stress, calming down, anxiety? Because these things have really been upset over the last couple of years because our nervous systems have really been upset over the last couple of years. And as a result, we are exacerbating problems that already existed. For example, if we have been in the habit, like most people, of pushing down negative, difficult, or challenging emotions because they're not acceptable, they're not approved, uh, or they were not welcomed in your family or your church or your community, then now that has just, that problem's just gotten bigger because now you've got a whole new list of emotions that you're feeling about this whole thing and you're pushing them down just like you've always done. Well, there's a lot of really interesting data on trapped emotions, how emotional trauma gets stored in the fascia of the body because the energy is not discharged. And that is not something that is a theory. There is a lot of data to back this up. Data also by medical doctors, as well as functional doctors of chiropractic, as well as neuroscientists, and very well accepted in the psychotherapy world. 
And there are some wonderful books on stuff like this. And I will make sure and kind of do a little episode on each of those if I can, as well as doing an episode on each of the nervous system programs that I am involved in or connected to so that I can give you guys some information on those and see kind of the pros and cons of each of them in case it's something that you want to do, because that would be my number one recommendation for anybody. And I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but that is something that is super important in countering what I'm talking about here. So trapped emotions are part of it. It's part of it when it comes to nervous system dysregulation. And if it's not something you've heard about, open your mind to this because it's a little, it's a little different. The concept seems a little different, but then again, you guys are all open-minded as it is because you're the types who have been going against the grain in the first place as it relates to these freedoms and medical interventions. So trapped emotions is a discussion you should be looking into. And again, this is for your personal sanity, your personal regulation, and your ability to move through life in the best way possible. Now, remember, all of us, all of us are running on conditioning and programming that came from early childhood, okay? In early childhood, I don't care if you had the best parents or loving parents, parents who were there, we still all were hurt, rejected, neglected possibly, abandoned in certain ways, invalidated in certain ways. And all of those things translate to trauma. And most people think of trauma as like this big event, like, oh, well, I wasn't abused or I wasn't beaten or I wasn't left and put into foster care, uh, you know, as a child. So I don't have trauma. But trauma is not only big events. Trauma is any time we felt a sense of danger or threat. And that is going to include emotional danger or emotional threat. And remember, this could be perceived threat. So anytime we were, we felt like we could not feel safe with our emotions or ourself in that moment, that's a type of trauma. And if that is not recognized and processed, it gets stored. That energy gets stored in the body. Why is this important? Why am I telling you this? What does this have to do with this? Well, as you store things over time, in addition to conscious emotional hurts, like we've now we're looking at unconscious stored emotional trauma, as well as conscious emotional hurts and experiences and injuries, physical injuries and illnesses. All these things are memorized in the body and your subconscious knows all about them and that your body's looking out for that threat at every corner as a result to protect you. This is part of our conditioning and programming that we've had since early childhood to protect us from feeling those awful feelings again. As a result, we become very hypervigilant and many of us have been hypervigilant for 20, 30, or possibly even 40 years. That means you think there is danger when there is not, or you are worried or anticipating danger even though there's no real sign of that. And you're living in a state of perceiving and trying to catch that danger before it gets you, which, as anybody can tell you, steals the joy away from your living as it is. Because for all the times that there was no threat, you were literally feeling the physical expression 
of the threat that didn't exist, which took away your joy for experiencing the moment of safety because you didn't feel there was safety in that moment. So uh, one of the big people that talked about this, you know, I don't want to say first, but kind of put this on the map was a guy named Dr. John Sarno. And that was somebody who had been recommended to me when this first happened. And I kind of looked into it, but I was like, wait, what? Uh, No, this is a physical cause. I'm going to keep going down those roads. And it's not to say you don't have physical symptoms when all this stuff is happening, because you do, but there's also a connection to this emotional past. So Dr. John Sarno wrote a book called Healing Back Pain, but it wasn't really just about that. It was about chronic illness when nothing really accounted for it. Like there wasn't an injury, but you still had back pain or neck pain or, you know, other types of symptoms that were chronic. So he talks about something called TMS, which is a disorder of chronic pain or illness that is created from trapped emotions, specifically anger, rage, or grief. That as we go through years of life, pushing these things down, eventually our body will start to carry that load and it will turn into physical symptoms. Now, remember, this is just the average everyday person. This is before the last three years of COVID. This is before adding to it that you're an advocate or an activist for something that is really challenging or contentious or going against the crowd. So you can see as I'm painting the picture of setting up that perfect storm for when things go wrong. Now, Dr. John Sarno said, typically the person's a perfectionist, wants to be seen as good by others, gives of themselves easily, cares what others think, and is a people pleaser, also can be very critical and hard on themselves. I'm sure many of you are like, yes, 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 that's me, that's me, that's me. And it makes sense that that stress we put on ourselves to be perfect, and I'm going to do a whole other episode on perfectionism and why there's danger to that and how that can lead to health issues. But he describes this person and he says, being this type of person you're more likely to accumulate these repressed and suppressed emotions because you're not expressing them since you care so much about what people think and you always want to do things the quote right way. So like I said, six months ago, I did not think I could do this particular talk. I honestly didn't know if I had a future. I didn't know if six months in the future, I would be alive and still functioning. I mean, I really hit such lows over last year that I was really tapped out and just kind of ready for it to be over, to be honest. As many of you know, this started back in May of last year. A lot of symptoms like disorientation, vertigo, eye tracking issues. Uh, Eye tracking means like, it's like when you're looking at the world visually, you see things, you're seeing all your images, but they don't get to your brain fast enough for it to be seamless So there's just a little bit of a lag that makes you feel like you're moving because as you continue to look in a different direction, you're still catching up from where you were just looking. It's really unsettling and uncomfortable and it's so hard to go through life like that. Never had anything like that before, but I know a lot of people with uh, vestibular issues um, have that. It's often called triple PD or PPPD. So disorientation, eye tracking issues, anxiety, panic attacks, depression, insomnia. Many of you know my awful fight with that, August, September, October, November, December. And, uh, you know, it's gotten, it started getting a little bit better in January. Thank God. But oh my gosh, what a torturous period that was. More than anything, it's just this general feeling of feeling off, feeling not like myself, literally like something had 
gone offline. And it was very clear that it was a mind-body disconnection. And there have been symptoms every single day since then. I have not felt like myself, not a single day since that happened. And that was May 3rd, 2022. As many of you know, I've seen, or maybe you don't because I don't talk about this part of it as much, but I've seen dozens of practitioners. I've seen so many chiropractors, different types of chiropractors, functional chiropractors, energy work chiropractors, um, Blair chiropractors and cervical specialists. I've seen uh, ENTs, neurologists, chiropractic neurologists. I've seen homeopaths. I've seen acupuncturists. I've done biomagnetism, cranial sacral work. I've done different types of energy clearing. I've done emotion code and a host of other things. I've taken a ridiculous amount of supplements, lots of different protocols, and just so many supplements. Um, I really was looking for, you know, kind of the quick fix. I was hoping if I just did this, this is going to work. Obviously did so much testing, a bunch of MRIs and CT scans. And as many of you may know, I also briefly uh, was even on prescription medication. And that was both for anxiety and for sleep or attempting that. But that was short-lived. It was maybe about three or four weeks out of the total time. And um, and I just realized it wasn't helping. So there was no point incurring that risk for that because it wasn't helping. But really, I wanted to find out what was wrong with me. And no one seemed to know when all that stuff comes back fine. Your blood work is relatively fine. It's like everybody thinks you're okay, but I knew something was really wrong. And many of you know how hard this has been for me and how it became tied into a spiritual discussion because it's really hard to feel that faith and security in your higher power or your spiritual source when you feel abandoned by them or it and you feel like you are being punished in some way because if you're so healthy then why would you be in a situation like this why would your body be failing you at this point and it was almost like I did lose my faith in my body's ability to heal me I knew the body was magnificent and could heal everybody else But for some reason, I was so discouraged that I just felt, you know, really a little like Eeyore and was just like, it's not going to work out for me, right? It was, it was very much in that place that I was. And after living a healthy lifestyle for so long, like, why would this be happening, you know, to me? So eventually this led me down a completely different rabbit hole. And many of you have been following along with that um, as I share some of these elements on social media over this time. The key one being nervous system regulation. Also learning about things like somatic experiencing, which is a term coined by Peter Levine. He's somebody that I would talk about in a separate episode, but he did, you know, groundbreaking work in a, in, and has written many books, one called Healing Trauma, where he talks about how we are animals and the way that we process our emotional cycles need to be discharged appropriately or things will get stored in the body and and we're always looking for another opportunity to release those trapped emotions Um, if we just listen to our body and allow that process that we can facilitate and help and support the system to do that and in the process also eliminate these you know physical symptoms that can show up when it's just been too much for our system. And understanding trapped emotions, learning how to feel the feelings. I want to do a whole episode on this because, you know, you always talk about people saying, feel the feelings. Like, what does that actually mean? And discussing that and doing it are two very different things. 
Um, I've been introduced to shadow work and inner child work, both that kind of go hand in hand and really trying to understand self-love and self-compassion. And I had not, you know, as, as the perfectionist who is very critical of myself, I had not realized how little I had ever given that to myself. So I am at a place now where I'm giving myself so much more love and compassion and it's still not enough yet, but it is so much more than it was before. And I didn't even realize how little I was giving to myself, which is so sad. And I know so many people are in that boat. And then ultimately just reminding myself that the brain is neuroplastic. Our body is designed to self-heal. It does not need micromanaging. It is designed to regulate itself. But here's the key takeaway. It cannot heal anything if it is not in a parasympathetic state, which is where the body does the healing. And if you are in chronic fight or flight, chronic survival stress, chronic sympathetic activation, even if you don't feel like you are, or you didn't realize you were, or you don't know that you are, the body, no matter what treatments you do, no matter what practitioners you see or supplements you take, will not be able to heal the system like it's designed to do because it is not in the right nervous system state. Now, the other really important theory to understand is the polyvagal theory. I'll have to do a whole nother episode on that as well. The polyvagal theory talks about the different states of our nervous system and which things happen and which one it's more complicated than just sympathetic, parasympathetic. You hear people go, oh, sympathetic, fight or flight, parasympathetic, rest and digest. That is like the beyond Cliff Notes version of it. There are lots of different states in there and combined states and a lot of different reasons we stay in certain states. And the importance is getting ourselves to a place where our body has the ability to heal. Okay. And that this is the reason I'm giving this message to my fellow freedom advocates, freedom warriors, medical freedom advocates is because when you are fighting, okay, when you're fighting for a cause, you are naturally going to be in a state of sympathetic. You are naturally, because you need to be mobilized and that's what sympathetic is action. So when you're taking action, you're, you know, working yourself up to show up to these events or you're doing rallies or you're having conversations, you're talking to legislators. These are all action steps and it is a state of sympathetic activation. Now, if you're very involved in one of these causes, then your state of activation is happening on a daily basis and has been happening for years by this point. So hopefully you're starting to connect the dots with where I'm going with this, that you need to be even more cautious of your system when you are in a situation like this. Now, people like to say things like, oh, you know, just do breath work and um, do yoga and um, you just have to be part of mindfulness and, and know that you have to be in the present moment and Eckhart Tolle and it's like totally easy, right? Or my personal favorite when people are like, just relax as if you haven't thought about that already. But again, when you're fighting for your life, your child's life, you're fighting for your way of life, you're going to be in a state of sympathetic activation. So you're not going to be relaxing. You're not going to be breathing the proper way. Your breath is probably very shallow and high in the chest. And 
you are not checking in with your body because you're kind of in survival mode. You're in survival stress. So doing breath work, doing all these things don't really affect positively somebody who is not connected to their body anymore because they are living in that state of survival. And right now, of course, we're in a society where nobody has any attention span left. Everybody's overstimulated. Everybody's really underfulfilled because they're not really happy with their lives. Living in the head, not really connected to the body, not connected to intuition. We've got toxic chemicals and 5G frequencies and, you know, crappy food and crappy entertainment and dopamine addictions to, you know, social media and whatnot. So most people are living in a state of chronic survival stress. Okay, this is an average person, let alone somebody who's an advocate or an activist. Chronic survival stress is known as dysregulation to the nervous system. So this is something I said in the talk that I think is really important to understand is that we are all one trauma away from blowing a fuse or losing our, you know what? We're all one trauma away. That means we're one injury, one illness, one loss away from a complete crash because we are all bubbling under the surface, especially people who've been fighting this fight for medical freedom. I spoke to the audience that night because I wanted chiropractors and practitioners that were in the audience to understand that they're going to be the ones people go to when this starts happening and it's going to start happening. What happened to me is going to start happening to more and more people. It might look slightly different, but it's the same concept. And the truth is they're going to need somebody to help guide them in the right direction to remind them that their bodies are capable of self-healing, but only if they can regulate their nervous system and be in that parasympathetic Again, not just in a general way, but in a real way. Like it, it's, we're talking about a full life change, by the way. You have to learn to engage with the world in a completely different way. So your nervous system will finally feel safe again because it doesn't. Does that make sense? Your nervous system doesn't actually feel safe. Your body doesn't feel safe. That's why it's protecting you in a state of sympathetic. So those of us who have been fighting for years to preserve the freedoms that we're all looking at here, we're all fighting for, are more prone to this type of nervous system crash. Chronic physical and emotional illness, pain, or dysregulation, we are more prone to this because we are carrying a load for other people. We're showing up for other people and we continue to swim upstream when everybody else is going the different direction because we refuse to give up on our core beliefs. But at what cost? So we can't forget, we cannot forget that the energy, that energy of conflict, the energy of confrontation and the energy of dissent that come with being an advocate or an activist no matter how noble your cause is, and I do believe the fight for medical freedom and informed consent is a noble one, but that energy of conflict has to land somewhere and it is our bodies that will pay the price. So my talk that night and what my message is to you guys now is you're an individual, take care of yourself. 
take care and take stock. Look, really look at your life, look at your system and really see if there's somewhere you can be supporting to help bring you down to a state of calm and peace. Because listen, this is not the end of it. We don't know what's coming next. But we do know for certain that whatever comes next that's going to cause some level of stress is going to put more marbles in your jar. And most of us are already to the top. We just don't realize it yet. So some of the ways you can do this are through basic understanding and education and awareness shifts, because that's going to change the way you sort of engage and interact with life. But also some of the big ways you can do this is by understanding somatic exercises, somatic therapy, and nervous system regulation. There are many people on Instagram who offer programs, or you can just follow their Instagram accounts and you can see posts that they're making and get some information on the nervous system. There are a handful of them that I really like. There are three particular programs that I will go into more detail on. One of them is Dr. Brett Jones's program. And he has kind of a educational and awareness and daily breathing and meditation program, which is really cool. And then I'm also doing Primal Trust, which is its own program with nervous system regulation with Dr. Kat who herself went through chronic illness for a really long time until she found her way out of it. And this is what this program's designed for. And I also like Irene Lyon, who is a student of Peter Levine's, and she has a lot to share with the foundational elements and education for nervous system regulation. Now, there are a handful of other people I follow on Instagram because I'll just pick, you know, a certain meme or something interesting that they share. And I always share that stuff to my stories or I'll even share it to my posts. So keep an eye out for that because a lot of good information is there. So you can start learning the terminology of what nervous system regulation means. I'm going to do my best to keep educating from the information I'm getting as a student, right? Because I'm a student of this right now. But I will do my best to continue sharing what I've gained as far as my knowledge with you so that you can learn more and more about this because I truly believe I will be studying this for the rest of my life. I am so fascinated with and interested by the benefits that you get from really connecting back into the body and how you're able to weather the storms of life so much better, a sense of peace, contentment, harmony with your system. This is not something that you just want to push aside and be like, yeah, I'll get to it. This is something that is of the utmost importance. And I truly do believe this is something that can, if not completely heal, almost heal every single physical condition because conditions can only exist when our our bodies are not in their natural state of healing. And it's really easy to not be in that state because we're all living in chronic survival stress. So my message to you as a freedom fighter who's listening to this or as somebody who is an advocate for a cause or an activist is look out for yourself. Be prepared to make some changes to your life to anticipate 
our society, country, government, et cetera, as it moves forward in the next couple of years, I think we're going to see so much nervous system dysregulation over the next 10 years. I think it's going to end up being the primary source of unexplained symptoms. And of course, it's not just our country that's going to be experiencing this. I think it's going to be a global issue. And nervous system regulation is the answer to that issue. It doesn't matter what your symptoms are. You cannot think of it like treating the symptoms. You have to think about it like treating the foundational part of your body that sets up the healing mechanisms to go attack and remedy those particular symptoms. You start treating the symptoms, you're missing the actual main computer, which is our nervous system. And your nervous system's regulation is going to be crucial to your ability to engage in the world especially with all the uncertainty we have over the next several decades. We have no idea what life is going to look like for us. The only thing we can do is to arm ourselves with good health. People say, oh, well, that's why I eat well and work out. It's like, that is not enough. And I can say that because I did all those things. It's not enough. And if you've been one who's been putting a lot of energy into advocating and supporting and fighting, you are even at more risk. So this message is for you or somebody you know that is like that. And even if you're not super involved and even if you're thinking, no, that's not me, I feel pretty relaxed, I promise you it will never be a waste of time for you to learn about this. And even if you implement a couple of the exercises or whatever, you will be positively moving forward in reconnecting with your body and allowing your body to be in the best state possible. So I'm going to continue talking about this in several different episodes, and I'm going to start having interviews with people talking about things like anxiety and vagus nerve and nervous system regulation and the masculine feminine. These are all super exciting data-based aspects to learn more about so that you can find your way into alignment with your body and you can move through life in the best way possible. I hope you found this really interesting because I do, and I think there's so much here for you to learn. I will do my best to keep bringing it to you. And I appreciate you guys. appreciate you listening. I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you next time on What They Aren't Telling You.